I clenched all of my muscles for that. <laughs> like a little kid when they're really excited. <laughs> Quinn doesn't want to join us to talk about Machiavelli. Really? Because he doesn't consider himself an expert. Well, I'm not an expert. No, we're not. We, we What we decided, what we said was, let's go separately learn as much as we can about him and then come back together and just have a conversation yeah a we, week ago we probably know less than you yeah no. i don't know about that completely possible i quizzed my family i said paul what do you know about machiavelli and he was just like uh and then he just barfed out all this information i'm like oh. <laughs> and then <laughs> And Josh was like, um, he's like totally into art history right now. He's like, wasn't he a Renaissance painter? I'm like, no. <laughs> but he was, he was alive during all that time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was contemporary. So he got the time period right. He just got the thing wrong. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's sing. Curio. Be happy. Go, Kim, go. Curio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 25. I can't believe it, okay? I can't believe it's episode 25. 25. So exciting. What the hell? I was going to write a a blog post. Mm -hmm. I got, I was all excited and I sat down to write a, like a, check-in blog post and I couldn't do it <laughs> because it's been so short a, a time that we've had 25 episodes like you don't even feel like it's real yet kind of yeah like 25 it feels like that's something you should mark but like we've only been doing it for like three or four months so well since June right oh, June July yeah. August Five September months, I guess. October November yeah wow so yeah well pro us Right? Pro us. We've stuck with this for five months and 25 episodes as of this evening. Yay! Curio! 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 And Ziggy's with us. My name is Cass. Welcome to the Curio Podcast. I'm here with my friend. The girl with the pearl earrings. <laughs> She lies. She has no earrings on. I don't. I have no jewelry on at all. Jewelry. Jewelry. So we um we went away for one night to the mountains to extract ourselves from society. Mm -hmm. And we got a little bit stoned and we were talking. <laughs> I happened to be reading a book called Mirror Mirror by Gregory Maguire, which is a retelling of the Snow White fairy tale he's the one who wrote wicked right which is maybe his best known maybe yeah of course not of course yes i think so <laughs> <laughs> and so we had just started to talk about um the borgias and machiavelli and sort of how it might relate to uh current day political environment so we thought we mm -hmm. might have a talk about Machiavellian principles and the man himself, Machiavelli. 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 Which I was really excited about. I thought it was a really great idea because I a week ago I didn't know anything about Machiavelli right. or the prince or any of his ideas. And now it's like I have this wealth of knowledge. <gasps> Not an enormous wealth of right. knowledge, but, but more than way you knew more before. Than I, yeah. Yeah. So it was really exciting. It was really interesting. So what do you think uh, that you learned about him surprised you? Um, well... Being that I didn't really know a whole lot <laughs> to begin with, um, I was surprised to learn that he had, 
he had a pretty firm grip on both sides of the fence. You right. know, the he wrote the discourses and he wrote the prints, and they were kind of at odds with each other as mm-hmm. far as philosophy goes. So I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. that he was able to to uh, think so broadly, and right. he wasn't just um, he just wasn't about one idea. Right. He really had a broader view of politics. I was surprised after I read The Prince. I got the Dover Thrift Edition. It was like $2 or something. <laughs> it's it's like it's more like a pamphlet. There's only 71 pages in it. Um, that's not what I was surprised about. What I was surprised about was that I had had this idea in my mind that what of what he was based on, you know, pop culture. Mm-hmm. references to him in movies and books and things like that like the word machiavellian it, it means that you're sneaky or yeah. distrustful or whatever but that's not kind of what he was about at all Mm-mm. a and b like that's not really what the prince is about either it's more like him saying um this is what i've noticed right it's not like a prescription like this is what you should do it's more like Hey, if if you want to get into power and keep it, here's what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So that was surprising to me to find out that he was actually like a good person and not some evil like puppet master, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, on that note, we'll take a little break. Okay. Just cause. <laughs> a little break there because um because of the fires here in southern california my nose is going nuts my ears mm-hmm. are going nuts and i can barely breathe unhappy sinuses very unhappy other unhappy things speaking of fires did you hear that uh trump is coming to california either saturday or sunday what? this week yeah why um i don't know he wants to rub in our faces that it's our fault that giant Fire NATO firestorms. Sweet mother are here. of God, why is he coming here? He, he, mm, he hates us. He hates us. He treats us like shit. Why would he come here? I because don't get it. PR. It's because there's PR. there there's a handful of supporters here, and he's got a. You've got to figure. I mean, there have been so many people displaced, and right, and people who've died right some of them have to be trump supporters right especially up north i'm imagining yeah. in the um what was the fire called up north the campfire the campfire yeah, yeah. where paradise was i imagine there's more trump supporters there than here in southern california yeah um so anyway that that's been kind of rough i think on everybody in the area not just the air quality but just everyone knows someone who's been displaced Mm -hmm. in some way and it's it's a sad state that we find ourselves in more and more i think than i ever remember we can count on wildfires to of this magnitude now this is you know we've always had wildfires but they've never been like this no no like uh, it's it's like armageddon or something it's like huge it's yeah and thing, things are changing, like like uh, the utilities now are when oh yeah when there's high winds right. and it's very dry. Asha walked in the door, sneaky like. Um, uh, the utility, the like Southern California Edison will just shut the power off, right? And they say no electricity for you, which is fine with me, right? Um, and I think PG and E was gonna do that too, but it may not have been till too late. Right. There are grumblings about the campfire being started by. Well, and that the the Woolsey fire was started by Southern California Edison. Oh. Yeah. 
they think. What were we talking about before Ziggy so rudely interrupted us? Um, we were talking about the fires. Oh, and Trump coming. And Trump here. coming to visit us, even though we don't want him here and he hates us. Right. And he's made that very clear. Even here's the thing: he, California's the what fifth largest economy in the world. Yes. He can't survive without us, and he knows that. But he hates us because we're a bunch of libtard snowflakes <laughs> that, you know, apparently are doing very well over right. here in the blue state with our diversity and our illegal aliens and all of that and stuff. And our environmental standards. How oh, dare we? Freaking hippies. Yeah. <sighs> Loving the earth. He hates clean water. So... I'm going to stop trying so hard. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> there was a quote that reminded me of of this situation where, where Trump's coming to California to basically, you know, have good PR to appease people who are going, why the fuck would you say that it's California's fault that they had wildfires? But, and it has to do with, yeah, be cruel because that actually gains you power. But mm -hmm. that works. But no one wants to be completely oppressed. You have to give them a little bit of kindness. So um, it, Trump can't do that, though. He's too stupid. He's too stupid. The people around him are trying to make some sort of effort. Right. Yeah, but he blows it every time. Every time. Like when it's... he went to Puerto Rico and threw paper towels. Oh, He's going to blow it. Forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you think at some point we should maybe give a little, just a little, uh, like a little more about Machiavelli, who he is, and oh yeah, what he did, and yeah, what, when he lived, and go. What did you his, find out about um, him? Um. Well, he was. Um, he wrote the Prince and the Discourses in the fifteen hundreds. Mm -hmm. He was a contemporary of Michelangelo mm -hmm. um, and da Vinci. So during that time period, realism was key. Pragmatism. Pragma <laughs> I'm sorry. Pragmatism? Pragmatism, thank you. Humanism. Humanism. All of those things were totally in vogue. So, you know, folks were coming out of the magical thinking space and they were like, okay, so wait, this is what's really happening. So science was becoming mm -hmm. um a thing and um so people were were looking at uh science the 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 physical world politics ideas suddenly were very very much rooted in reality right and not ideals mm -hmm. so when he wrote the prince he was basically saying okay look this is like you said before this is this is what I've seen happen, and it seems to work. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, he was um, in with the Medici's, mm -hmm. and then they got ousted. Right. And he went to work for the new guys. Which he preferred, because it was then a republic. It was a more right. representative government. He preferred that style of government. Right. And when the Medici's came back... They actually imprisoned him and tortured him. Mm -hmm. So it was during that time after he got out of prison that he wrote The Prince. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of a like a job application to get back in with the Medici. Yeah. It was a way of saying, like, I humble myself to you here. If you really want to hold on to power, here's what I've noticed. Right. After they had just tortured him. Mm -hmm. So... Well, he was he was a political guy by nature, mm -hmm. and it was that was his passion and right. and philosophy and that that was a space where he felt very much at home. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna guess when he was ousted and hanging out at the family um, estate, he uh, was probably going kind of nuts yeah. and had to funnel that energy into something, and he created this this uh, timeless work print for political science basically yeah, yeah yeah and it was never published in his lifetime he never got to see it published. right it wasn't what he was known for he was known for other things not not this mm -hmm. book right so there have been so many people that have that have used this book as uh 
a blueprint for their tyranny i guess yeah dictatorships <laughs> yeah i mean mussolini did his dissertation on it and then you know based his life around it um but you can see it like there were passages when i was reading it there were passages about using religion to keep the population obedient mm -hmm. to your to your way of governing mm -hmm. and i mean we see that today yeah in God we trust, under God, one nation under God. I mean, here mm -hmm. in the U.S. we see that. So, Well, I think in his mind, too, when you keep people attached to those ideals, those Christian ideals, mm -hmm. um, you, you essentially ensure their weakness because he saw those ideals as being weak. weak right. And you can then the, the prince or the dictator, whoever, can easily take advantage of those people. Right because they have weak ideals. They're not willing to be ruthless and violent and cunning and manipulative. Well, also another interesting thing on that, that thread was that he thought, so religion, a lot of religion is based on this blind faith and um, luck, fortuna, they called it, where things are just happening to you. It's God's will. You have no say in it. Right. Where he believed more in determinism, like you make your life. Mm -hmm. So knowing that he deduced that people who would follow a religion would be easily manipulated right. because they b already believe like, oh, it's God's will. Yeah. They it's just God's will if this it. dictator is going to torture me, you know. Yeah. So it, I'm, I was very fascinated the whole time I was learning about him mm -hmm. and watching documentaries and listening to podcasts and stuff about it just I was fascinated because I love Italy anyway and I love that the renaissance time period I love learning about his contemporaries and how he fit in there with the Borgias and the you know the Catholics and all that like all that stuff fascinates me but to to read about him personally I saw a man yeah where where before the idea of Machiavelli or Machiavellianism conjures up this like monster almost mm -hmm. a, a dark yeah. kind of shadowy thing that's up to no good but that wasn't the case at all no as far as we know several centuries later it doesn't seem to be the case no he was just he he was just saying it like he saw it right so how do you feel like that ties into what's happening today? His ideas from the prince. I think I had a lot of ideas about this. I was really trying to make a correlation and mm -hmm. there were lots of disconnects for me. Mm -hmm. And notably, most notably was that it's a different time. And I know that sounds really obvious, right. but it is a different time right. now and we have we live in a global society. We have um, mass media. We've mm -hmm. got social media. We have artists. Uh, one thing that stuck with me is I'm, I was trying to think of like, okay, in the 1500s, how do ideas move? How do ideas move around among the population, um, the, the church, the politicians? How do those ideas move? Well, you had to be educated. You had to be able to read. Mm -hmm. I believe was the printing press. It was around that time. I think the fourteen hundreds. It it was just we getting started. Yeah. But so, so you had to be educated. You had to have access. Mm -hmm. You had to be wealthy. Mm -hmm. Art was not available to the general population unless you were well, unless you were very wealthy and you were commissioning pieces and saying, "I want you to make this for me." Mm -hmm or in the church. So what the general population, what the regular people were seeing were, were church things. Right. Pardon my sophistication there. <laughs> um, so <laughs> pictures of Jesus. So, and a lot of those, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. So a lot of those beautiful stained glass windows and everything were created because the parishioners could not read right so they were pictures it was like a storybook on mm -hmm. the walls mm -hmm. um so these ideas weren't available to them no they were fed whatever 
the people in power, whether it be the church or the politicians or whoever, wanted them to know about. Right. Um, but now we can read. We have books. We've got the Internet. We have um, we have these amazing artists out in the world mm-hmm. who are doing, you know, making statements and, mm-hmm. you know, speaking with their with their craft. We've got we have um, journalists who research and have facts. We have science that's mm-hmm. available to us. Mm-hmm. We have this whole host of vehicles. Right. You know, so so the prince, the contemporary prince, really can't get away with as much, no, I don't think. But I think, having read it, that there are ideas put forth in this book that we have gotten used to. Mm-hmm. The one that struck out or stuck out to me was the one about religion, like keeping people obedient with the religion. That's why I bring it up. But other ones, right. I think, have just sort of been floating under the radar for a while because governments have implemented these ideas to mm-hmm. remain in power. Um, I was going to say on your point, that was also a more volatile time that they were living through politically. You know, there were warring families, like one family mm-hmm. would control yeah. a city. And, and so it, we even though it doesn't seem like it right now, we live in a mostly a general peace that wasn't yes. known back then. Yeah. We're comfortable too. We're comfortable. We have food to eat mostly, yeah. you know. Which also makes us um uh, placated, yeah. Yeah, we're placated and we're not as apt to shake things up because why would we want to do that? We're comfortable, we're, we're comfortable. happy, we've yeah. got our things. But that also on the other side, that also gives us more time to look at art and read articles and learn more right. about what's going on. So it's kind of a double-edged sword right. for the prince. Why don't I read some of the passages that I took to, that I highlighted in my little tiny pamphlet here? <laughs> She's got paper clips and dog-eared paper pages. Because I didn't have any of those little <laughs> sticky things. I've I seen some highlighter marks in there, too. It's pink. Um, from Chapter 3, this statement. Men, thinking to better their condition, are always ready to change masters, and in this expectation will take up arms against any ruler, wherein they deceive themselves and find afterwards by experience that they are worse off than before. Mm -hmm. So in that chapter also it talks about people who have deceived themselves are are slower to accept the truth. So if you think in today's Mm -hmm. terms, like all the people that voted for Trump, who are sticking by him no matter how many times he lies or how many horrible things he does. And even if you tell them, like, he's got kids in cages at the border, oh, that can't be true. You know, he's doing great things for us. He just raised tariffs on steel, which is going to affect your job. Also, we can't finish the gold line because of it. Oh, God. I saw that last night on the the news. The gold line is, uh, is a part of our train system here, a metro train system that's finally being expanded out towards the east of Los Angeles. And um, it was supposed to go much further than it will be allowed to go now because of the price of steel. Thank you, Trump. Mm-hmm. All right. The next one from the same chapter. This might even talk about it. Oh, he talks about how the poor can never become dangerous because they're spending oh, no. so much time surviving. Right. 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 Um, and let it here be noted that men are either to be kindly treated or utterly crushed since they can revenge lighter injuries but not graver so be mean but be a little nice or just destroy that person right right you have to give them a little hope right exactly um this one from chapter eight Still, to slaughter fellow citizens, to betray friends, to be devoid of honor, pity, and religion cannot be counted as merits, for these are means which may lead to power, but which confer no glory. So that's that's the passage that helped me realize that he was writing this from a place of having been tortured, needing something to do, and saying, hey, Medici guy, here's how you hold on to power. This is what I've seen. 
this isn't a moral text. This isn't akin to a Bible or some other self-help book. This is, hey, I may not believe this, but here's what works. And it's sad. That that passage is sad. It is sad. It made me really sad. Poor dude. Uh, and it sucks that he's he was you know he was a great guy he was a big thinker right. he had he, he had so much to offer and I wonder what he would think now what would he say to us now? <gasps> can you imagine oh god I mean I think that he would be happy that like representative government is sort of the norm of mm-hmm. the world yeah because that's what he believed in he believed that every mm-hmm. man should have a say but i don't think that he would take kindly to the fact that we all watch tv and sit around with our faces in our phones even though that's one no. way that we learn things but like to be so distracted i think that that would offend him well he would probably <laughs> he'd probably say that well that's a great that's a great way to control the people if you do it right right you know what i mean that's another tool for the prince mm-hmm. but the prince has to be able to uh harness that which is very difficult right it's a it's a tricky situation well and it's it's part of what trump is trying to do now with claiming that all the media is fake media right. if they say yes. things that he doesn't like don't believe what you read or right. see. Just believe me. me. Right. Which is what he's trying to, he's trying to control the narrative in our country. So if we didn't have all of this information available to us, that might work saying that. But it works for the people who want to be deceived by him. Because it's convenient for them. And they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Ego. Ego. From chapter 9, we're getting up to chapter 18, which is the chapter that that everybody loves. <laughs> if loves is the right Do word. Do you love that chapter, Ziggy? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, so this is chapter 9. He who becomes a prince through the favor of the people should always keep on good terms with them, which it is easy for him to do since all they ask is not to be oppressed. Mm-hmm. Which is something that Queen Elizabeth the first sort of prescribed herself to where she would she would have these parades that she called pr- progresses throughout the countryside so she would leave the city and go out and she would stay at her little dukedoms around and and have them pay for you know her entourage to come and stay there and create Mary if there was something difficult to do, she would have her advisors and her mercenaries do it. Mm-hmm. So in the public's eye, she was their queen. She was their sovereign. She was a kind, gentle woman that they were all in love with. Mm-hmm. And she could leave all the nasty stuff to her advisors. Even um, when she had her cousin Mary, Queen of Scots, killed, she wanted them to do it and they did it and when they came back and said your cousin mary is dead she apparently put on this huge public display of drama how dare you crying and sorrowful yeah my cousin my cousin you know holding her chest Mm -hmm. um which was an act it was a dramatic act to keep favor keep the favor of her people so she definitely prescribed to that prescribed subscribed subscribed Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> okay. Um, it is essential, therefore, for a prince who desires to maintain his position to have learned how to be other than good and to use or not to use his goodness as necessity requires. So that's one that a lot of people point to that they will quote from this book. Mm-hmm. It's basically you've got to learn how to be bad and be good at it. Right. And know when to use your badness and know when to use your goodness. Mm-hmm. But if you have only badness. <laughs> Mr. Trump. Wait, I said that wrong. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> uh, let me get to chapter 18. Let me speed this along, people. That's 16. That 
Oh, here, here, this also applies to Queen Elizabeth. A prince should therefore disregard the reproach of being thought cruel where it enables him to keep his subjects united and obedient. We've got a visitor. It's Quinn. Okay, and chapter 18, this chapter is called How Princes Should Keep Faith. Everyone understands how praiseworthy it is in a prince to keep faith and to live uprightly and not craftily. Nevertheless, we see from what has taken place in our own days that princes who have set little store by their word but have known how to overreach men by their cunning have accomplished great things and in the end got the better of those who trusted to honest dealing. So he's saying here that he's noticed that the men who know how to lie mm -hmm. get further in life. Right. That reminded me of Trump. <laughs> Even though we all see his lies. Well, that's that's the funny thing about about Trump. And I I would love for him to be just a textbook example of this, but he's not. He's not. He's too and stupid. He's exactly. And that was that was my <laughs> reflection was that he's too stupid, he's too insecure, he's too self-absorbed. Um, and he has, he can't even pretend to have empathy. No. When he attempts to show any kind of sympathy, empathy, um, condolences, anything, it comes off as fake. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to like spit my teeth out there because I couldn't even, <laughs> it's just. You wanted to say fucking fake. That's fucking why. fake. It is, it is, it's an insult to whoever he's addressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Puerto Rico, what, what he just tweeted about California, like, dude, now is not the time no. to be a dick. It's always a time to be a dick for Donald Trump. He doesn't he has, know any better. He has no self-control whatsoever. Yeah. He, he tweets these, you know, half-baked ideas, half-truths, or flat-out lies. Conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. He makes things up that can be proven wrong in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Um. He's not, he has no charisma, he has no finesse, he has no cunning. He's, he's not the trickster that I think the prince needs to be. Right. The prince is kind of like the trickster, you know, is, and I'm, I'm kind of into archetypes right now too, so. <laughs> we may be doing a show on this soon. So, but he's not. He's, he's no, just. No, but a, would you agree that maybe the people around him are? And they're sort of controlling. I think, yes, yes. I think he has a band of intelligent, well-educated. Evil people around him, people like Stephen Miller. Go who, ahead. <laughs> people who, you know, have, they've got experience in politics. He has no experience in politics. Mm -mm. He's, he's an entitled white guy who has had temper tantrums and gotten what he's wanted his whole life. Right. I mean, obviously, his education from fourth grade on was paid for. The man can't speak in coherent sentences. His vocabulary is a, is that of a fourth grader, and right. I believe that's been documented. That, yeah, yeah, they've said that. Uh, Even when he reads, he it looks can't, like he can't. He can't comprehend what he's saying. Even. And when he does, no, he a, breaks and goes, "See, I told you," or whatever. He's he does. a terrible. He's, you can tell when his, obviously, when his speeches have been written by someone else mm -hmm. because he's very awkward when he speaks. Right. When he speaks on the fly, he doesn't make any fucking sense. No. <laughs> so it's like the man, I would guess he does not know how to play chess, which sounds trite and lame, but chess is a war game. And it's a game that requires forethought lots of forethought right. and knowing your opponent and anticipation it also involves knowing how different shaped things move on a board right and i'm gonna guess that's way beyond him <laughs> i think shoots and ladders and Candyland, maybe i don't even think he has the attention span for that i the only thing he has an attention span for is adoration of him when other people are telling him how great he is, oh, or he gets to talk about how great he is, then he can do it for an hour. It's all about the attention. Right. 
and telling people how good he is. And that's the other thing is, you know, everybody knows that when you go out of your way to make a point about something, you know, like it's witch hunt, it's a witch hunt, it's a witch hunt. You know, I am the, what did he, what did he say? Oh, God. He's the most, he's yeah. a He's a um, very stable genius. Right. Okay. Very stable geniuses don't need to tell anybody that, nor would they ever even consider it geniuses don't go around going hey i'm a genius well i mean kanye west does which might explain their friendship is he is he a genius well i mean people have said in the past that he was a musical genius i've i've heard that but i don't necessarily buy it because he does and there's the thing because he does go around saying Saying it. it right so to me that's just kind of that just makes it null Listen to this passage from the same chapter. But men who are so simple and governed so absolutely by their present needs that he who wishes to deceive will never fail in finding willing dupes. Mm -hmm. That sounds like today. Well, and it kind of goes back to the idea of uh, uh, men taking up arms for a new leader, thinking that it's going to make their life better. Right. So, you know, we had this administration that was trying to unify the country and doing all this other stuff. And then this one group who felt like they were just being ignored, that they had fallen through the cracks, that nobody was paying attention to them. Well, they felt that and way. That, but what what's happening is that they've had white privilege their whole life. And when that started to, when other people when started to have equality, right. They decided that they weren't on the top of the heap anymore. That's the attention they're lacking is the top of the heap white supremacy attention. So sorry, go ahead. Which is well, no, it's it's true, but I think it's interesting that I can be. I'm not. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> so you, you know, are I you can call people stupid right now. No, I'm not. You know, I can struggle with all of these things. I can have this laundry list of struggles in my life, but I've got white privilege. Right. So it's all good. But then all of a sudden, I have all these struggles in my life, and then we're talking about other people's struggles and how they matter and how people have been, you know, discriminated against and, you know, all this other stuff. And they're like, well, wait a minute. What about me? What about me? Mm-hmm. And it... <sighs> I mean, even in my own life, that idea, it took me a little while to understand that. Because I grew up poor, and I would always think to myself, well, I didn't grow up with any special advantages. I grew up poor. I didn't even see the white part of it. Right. And, you know, eventually I got there where I was like, oh, I've always had this white skin that allows me to do things that other people don't get to do, or to drive without fear of getting pulled over and beaten you feel know. safe to some degree of course right. as women we don't we're anyway. we're notched down from right. that ultimate white privilege i was right. trying to explain this to my husband the other day there's another the ladder of privilege the well just <clears throat> there was a a person who was uh uh behaving questionably around me um, and I recognized it as a, a power play right. and manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I said to my husband, I don't want to have anything to do with this person anymore. I need you to deal with them. It needs to be over. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm setting a boundary. And he agreed, but I could tell he didn't totally buy into it. Right. And there was one point that he pushed on me again. Well, I want him to do this one more thing. And I said, No. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. And I ran down the list of things that had happened that were making me feel uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. And and then I looked at him. I said, this has never happened to you. This has never happened to you that another human being has made you feel unsafe, uncomfortable, and um, as if you are less than right. than them. And he said, no, you're right. It's never happened to me. Right. And I said, you have to trust me that this happens. And it's happening to me. And I'm setting a boundary. And it, it's Good over. Good for you, Kimmy. I'm all about boundaries lately. I'm, when I, the, the way that my husband learned of this was through workmen coming to our house to do things during the day when my husband's at work. Mm-hmm. 
and they will come and tell me one thing. But if he's here, yeah. they will tell him something else. Yes. Usually having to do with, oh, we need to do so much more work. Or, oh, that's going to be this much money. But he right. would get a different price. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him, the next time you call a plumber, you make sure that it's while you're here. I don't want to deal with any more plumbers. And he was right. like, why? And I'm like, they treat me like I'm stupid. Like, I've yeah. never flushed a toilet before. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where the drain out is, the clean out for the drain system. Right. Like, I've never heard of a shovel. Like, I'm not an idiot. Right. I know how plumbing works. Mm-hmm. You can talk to me. And as a matter of fact, I'm better with money than my husband. I know that you're trying to rip me off right now. Right. He just goes... Yeah, okay, whatever. And pays whatever they tell him. Because he's never had to worry about it. He's never had to think that extra step ahead. Oh, that they're going to try and cheat because me because they're I'm gonna, a girl. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's never had to deal with that. We just got way off topic. I know. Sorry. <laughs> and that was me. I apologize. But how does that... It needed to be said. How does that relate to... <coughs> I don't remember. Oh, boy. That was a rabbit hole. Deluxe. Yeah. All right. Well, let me read the next thing i only have a couple more that i have highlighted the the ones that spoke to me it has been customary for princes with a view to hold their dominions more securely to build fortresses which might serve as a curb and a restraint on such as have designs against them and as a safe refuge against a first onset but then down here he says all which considerations taken into account, I shall applaud him who builds fortresses and him who does not, but I shall blame him who, trusting in them, reckons in a light thing to be held in hatred by his people. So he's basically saying, yeah, build a fortress if you want to, Trump's wall, but it's not going to do you much good unless the people think it's a good idea. Right. So that made me think, his advisors told him, build a wall. Build a wall against the scary brown people. It's going to it's, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. And I it, I think it's I would love to know where they get these ideas. I'm sure there are polls. I'm sure there are conversations. I'm sure they, you know, go online and look to see, OK, what is this group of people? And they it's known that they target specific groups of people. Yes. So what does this group of people believe in? What do they want? What's going to make them happy? What are they going to get excited about? A wall. Right? But well, I want to know where they came, where, where that... they got the idea in the first place. Yeah. Where do, why do you think that a wall can keep people out of land? There's It's well no, it's a ridiculous idea. That's right. the thing. And it's been proven repeatedly not to work. Right. There's scientific evidence there's data there's all kinds of information about walls science there's there's wall science there's wall science (laughs) it's not gonna work but let's spend a bunch of money on this wall because it's gonna make my my followers happy with me he's got that much down it's gonna make me look like a tough guy it's a big um imposing structure um I'm just, you know, trying to visualize it as one of his followers would. You know, it's it's going to keep us all safe. Think of it's... this idea. Uh, picture this in your mind. Right now, as we speak, there are, what, 5,000 troops on the border? Mm-hmm. 9,000, something like that. There is supposedly this giant caravan coming. Who knows how many of them will actually make it to our border. Of unarmed. with unarmed women and children. Right. So we've got five to 9,000 troops. They're putting up cement barricades with uh, barbed wire right now as we speak. I saw the pictures. All on the, the high-tech site. helicopters, all the there are drones, tanks. tanks. On the border right now Temporary to guard zone. white people against brown children who don't have guns. Right. Who, who just need food and shelter and safety. So essentially... <laughs> So essentially, if you look at it that way, who has the power? Right. Where is the power there? We've just relinquished our power no. by trying to assert it, saying that th- these people threaten us so severely that we have to we have to pull out all the bells and whistles, which is ridiculous. And they it makes don't us threaten us though. No, 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 not in reality. The the the. 
the idea, the most powerful thing is the idea, the racist idea that these brown people are coming to take your jobs. The racist idea that these brown people are coming to eat your food. That's the most powerful thing right here, here right now in this situation. And Trump cultivated that or his people cultivated that to garner power, just like Machiavelli prescribed. Build a fortress. It won't do you much good, but it will if your people believe in it. They had to create a monster. The monster is tiny brown babies without guns. <laughs> guard against so many visuals appearing (laughs) but when you think of it that way it's ridiculous troops along the border is fucking ridiculous no it's a waste of money it's a waste of all kinds of resources and it's it's hilarious in the saddest way possible the amount of money we're spending and i heard the other day the troops don't even have hot meals what they're they're just there along a border in the desert There's no infrastructure set up. I heard they were setting up temporary housing for them and stuff. I'm sure they are. But if they if they treat the troops as if they are at war, will they behave that way? Of course. So is that part of the plan? Yes. What's going to happen when the first caravan shows up in Brownsville, Texas? The first of the caravan shows up at their barbed wire. What's going to happen when they want asylum? There are people in that caravan that are LGBTQ. They're asylum seekers because in their countries they right. will be killed. Mm-hmm. Are we going to kill them on the border? I don't know. Oh, I that, just got the heated. Whole, the, well, the whole caravan, yeah, it's all manipulation. It's a manipulation tactic with a ton of money behind it and embarrassment. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Yeah. And um, it's not going to work. There's nothing. There's no, There will be no. It's not going to solve any problems. There's no problem. It's. <laughs> well, and, 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 and further than not solving, solving any problems, it's creating problems. And it could create a big problem if one of these children gets killed on the border from an overzealous white supremacist following trump's example and then they've got the the local militia right the militia's showing up right and they don't they play by their own rules and i believe somebody told them this was a few weeks ago that you're we're not protecting you if you do something stupid you're gonna pay for it basically protection from um the scary brown people without guns well if they do kill a scary brown person Oh, I see. That like they're going to be, them. yeah, right, they won't have any legal protections. Um, but t- to get the base all riled up about this, like, it gives them a purpose. It makes them feel important. It makes them feel like they are a part of, like they're connected, that they're doing something. Imp- you know what I mean? Like, and I'm talking about the militia and the supporters. Like, right. It, it gives them a sense of power. It almost sounded like the passage from the book about religion. Religion, their religion is Trump. They've given up their power to the will of Trump. Are they entertained by it? Were they bored before? I mean, what? They weren't, they were disenfranchised. And now they are franchised. They're like... <laughs> They're like a bunch of freaking McDonald'ses out there with bad, bad food and bad bathrooms and (laughs) bad attitudes, dirty, dirty spatulas and grills. (laughs) Did you see the fight that broke out (laughs) in a McDonald's over ketchup? (laughs) Oh, God, no. Really? (laughs) Yeah, there's like video of it. Some people jumped behind the counter to beat up the worker because they didn't give him enough ketchup. You couldn't ask for more? I don't know. I didn't I didn't delve too deep into that one, you know. That's the problem with identifying with this clown and it's, you know, it kind of goes both ways. It's a dance that the clown man says these terrible, horrible things and everybody buys into it and it gives them the it gives them the uh, 
it gives them a blank check to go ahead and behave that Permission, way. Permission, yeah. Um, you know, grabbing women by their pussies. Oh, the president does it. It must be okay. Right. But then is the president just saying that because there's already a bunch of people out there who really do think it's okay but haven't acted on it? I prefer so, that. Well, I do too. But it's like bringing a boil to the surface. You know what I mean? It's going to... It's. Is it? Or were we in the process of breaking a cycle? I'd like to think we are in the process of breaking a cycle. But the fact that there are so many people who are willing to buy into this blindly, that they're willing to just sign up and identify with this man and his nuttiness (laughs) and his bananas and his dirty fucking spatula, it... It says something about our society. I mean, it's like, what? I don't understand it. I it's don't, an interesting time we're living through right I now. don't get it. It's, it's frightening. So that's the phrase I keep telling myself when I get overwhelmed with, oh my God, I can't believe Trump's the president and all of these horrible things are happening. I say to myself, mm-hmm. we're living through historic times right now. We are. We're living through interesting times. Right? It's like yeah. my mantra lately. <laughs> well, we have to... Do we have to come out of it better somehow? I have to believe that. Oh, I think we will. There, Definitely. People are more engaged. I think they'll they'll start to look at racism more, even their own you know, their own prejudice, their own privilege, their own their own racism, their own buy-in on societal racism, mm-hmm. you know. I I think good is going to come of this, but this is it's hard it's exhausting yeah if you're paying attention it's exhausting if you're paying attention and you're not just buying into the the real fake news which is president ding dong who <laughs> lies on average how many is it 45 times a day currently in public yeah at least yeah he's up to like four, over four th- four or five thousand in public i can't remember what the number is yeah these are documented lies the president of the United States has told the citizens of this country and the world because the world's paying attention too. Of course the world is they're all smart. They're like what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Any last thoughts on Machiavellianism? Uh, I think well I wanted to talk about the resistance. Ooh, do it, Kimmy, go. Because I'm sorry for pointing at you. I like it. It's when I know that you're being serious about The resistance. Something. So Machiavelli, or the prince, is supposed to just nip that shit in the bud. You, right. Resistance pops their little head up, and you are supposed to lop it off and get rid of the body. Just right. get rid of it fast. Don't let it fester. Don't let it do anything. Get rid of it. And I don't think that that can happen now. Oh. I don't know that that is possible in this day and age. Because the reason it's like a whack-a-mole, you can try to get one, but another right. one's going to pop up. And I don't mean just single human beings. I'm talking about groups of people movements. and movements. Yeah. And you know, and Trump is such a dumbass that he <laughs> he inspires a new movement every day. Every day, <laughs> he's like fostering these movements, the resistance. He gives them fuel, right? With his own insecurity and lack of self-control. He'll, he'll never be a good prince, ever. He no. can't do it. No. And the resistance is stronger and smarter, frankly, in our country, I believe. I, I agree with you, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think social media has something to do with that, spreading these ideas. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, on Rachel Maddow, she was talking about the indivisible groups and how it started with a couple of ex-staffers, ex-campaign workers who were like, hey, if you really want to affect change, stick to your representative and here are some guidelines. And it was a Google Doc that got spread around, spread around, spread around. Mm -hmm. And they started with a few people and now they're, you know, 5,000 groups around the country and they show up every single week. And that's why so many Republican Congress people decided not to run why they decided to retire because interesting every day people were showing up at daryl ice's office and protesting every day people were showing up at dana rohrbacher's office and protesting 
oh, and trying to hold them I didn't accountable. Know that. Yeah. And what we're paying attention. What our representatives were so used to for so long was our apathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not gonna show up. They don't they don't care about They don't town know halls. what's going on. Yeah. And now everyone knows what's going we're on. We're all paying attention. Resist bot is another great one. Oh. You don't use resist bot? No. What oh. is that? You just I'll show you. You just text a to resist bot, you just type in the word resist. Uh-huh. And it goes, "Okay, I've got you." It has your information already. It sends in the letter right away to your uh representatives. Wow, really? Yeah. That's, that's cool. I forgot the number right now, but I can look it up. So and ResistBot will remind you if you haven't contacted your representatives in a couple days. It'll send you an, a message like, hey, you feel like resisting today? Do you need a topic or do you know what you want to talk about? Wow, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know about that. That's awesome. So I agree with you. I think it's it, it, it would be very hard to quash a, a movement these days. It would be very, very difficult. It would have to be, it. well... It would have to be a very swift, um, not global as far as global globe means, because right. the earth is round, by the way. Um, but I mean, like, globally within the United States, it would have to be, it would have to encompass all kinds of different things and happen really fast. Well, they'd have to and shut be very down. disruptive. Yeah. It would have to be like China where they shut down. They'd have to shut down the internet. Sites, they'd yeah. have to, yeah, do all kinds of wacky stuff. And that would, that would piss off a lot of people, not just the resistance. Right. That would piss off a lot of people. Well, and our friend Digger uh, is in Armenia right now. And he was talking about, he had to go through Moscow. And while they were there, there were a bunch of sites he couldn't use on his phone. Oh Yeah. He couldn't just Google something. Which is starting to happen here, by the way. Remember that net neutrality thing that happened about a year what? and a half ago? I forgot all about that. So Remember much has that? happened since then. So my son um, the other day asked, he's like, there are these sites. I can't. They're gone. They are off. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. There's no. There's not even a, a pop-up page that says this site is under um, maintenance or whatever. Right. They are gone. And he asked, what do you think's going on? And I, and I remembered, oh, net neutrality. Right. I said, so these things weren't supposed to happen until about now. Um, but our we carriers, all forgot about it. we all forgot about it. And of course, it's not going to happen right away because people get pissed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we floated along doing whatever we wanted. And now websites are getting kind of eaten away here and there. Probably not mainstream. You know, the websites he was talking about, not mainstream mm -hmm. not youtubers gone um so that's starting and These. to be fair that could be for any reason it could be it could be for many reasons but i think it's something we need to pay attention to yes definitely um when you said the websites were being eaten away i remembered the stephen king movie from the 80s the langoliers did you ever see oh that? yeah yeah with the little creatures <laughs> yep. that were eating the runway as the plane was taking off yeah <laughs> Langoliers, by the way, is my husband and my daughters combined the two of them together. That's their favorite movie. Really? Oh, God, they love that That's movie. That's funny. And I think it's just the corniest fucking thing in the world. It's hilarious. It's yeah. like a made-for-TV. Yes. There were a couple Stephen King Made-for-TV. Like yeah, the original like... It was, wasn't it? No. Um, I think it was. I think it was it a mini-series. A mini-series, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I we need to keep resisting and we have to pay attention and celebrate our scientists and our artists and our musicians musicians yeah. and keep talking about it. I like I went I I'm like okay so who <laughs> Banksy came to mind right. immediately and you know you can't keep him down he's everywhere no. he's that's his job you know who's really awesome right now speaking of resistance and art is jim carrey have you seen his stuff oh no i haven't really oh god he is on fire right now with wow. his art yeah go look up his uh his twitter account or his instagram account it's it's amazing right all now. right jim carrey yeah he's burning everybody right on, on fire that's what we need so um, next week, we're going to have our friend Beck on. Beck's coming. And we think we're going to do advice from your mom episode. Yeah. 
Get ready. If anybody wants to throw down some advice that they would like us to talk about on uh, Instagram or Facebook or... Or Twitter. Twitter. I mean, if your mom gave you a piece of advice that is just fucking silly, like, let us know and we'll read it on air. Or gold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to know the... Yeah, let's cry. I want to cry. Oh, you don't want to cry? No. Beck will be here. We'll laugh a lot. (laughs) Yeah, we'll laugh a lot. And she'll go, dude, or whatever. Right. Um, And then after that, we're thinking of doing a series on empathy and maybe doing some social experiments. That came to mind the other day. My husband, uh, broke his finger ripped a tendon out of his finger so he has this giant paddle hand and right now he's one-handed with his left hand and so he's adjusting to that and i was thinking about our conversation about that watching him do the things that he needed to do and and his approach which at first was very gung-ho and very much i can do this i got it it's not a problem i don't need help i don't need help and i'm seeing a little bit of that deteriorate as time is he asking for help now um, he is. But, <laughs> you don't sound so sure. <laughs> well, he is, but he's also figuring out how to do things on his own. I see. He's striving for autonomy. He does not, he's he's not one of those people like me who doesn't like to ask for help and right. is like allergic to it. He's cool with that, but he does like to solve the problem and right. figure it out. And right. you know what I mean? So uh, I I had the thought that we, you and I could come up with these experiments that we want to do that inform what we're going to talk about and maybe let people in on them the week before so that they could join us if they want. Oh, okay. You know, like we had had the idea of sort of like blindfolding yourself for a couple of hours during one day or, you know, something like that. I had had another idea where maybe we go and ride the bus all day and see what we see. That would be fun. But we'll talk about it more, and we'll let you guys know before we do it, so you could join us. Yeah. Um, in trying to learn some empathy for our fellow humans. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great thing to to talk about after we talk about Machiavellianism. I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Empathy. So join us next week when we have our friend back on. Sorry, we were a little late this week. We had things to do. Don't bother us, okay? Don't yell at us. Everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, CurioPodcast.org and at Podcast Curio on Twitter and at CurioPodcast on Instagram. Oh, there's also T-shirts available for purchase. <gasps> on TeePublic. On TeePublic. Public. And that will be on the website. That link will be on the website. It's not just T-shirts, Kimmy. It's phone cases and notebooks and fucking tote bags. I know you've always wanted a Curio podcast phone case. There you go. Blammo. There it is. Also. (laughs) But wait, there's more. (laughs) I wanted to ask if anyone wants this copy of the prints that I marked up. I will send it to you (gasps) anywhere in the world and I'll put some Curio swag in it. Ooh. So that's awesome. Send us an email at info at curiopodcast.org or contact us on one of the social media outlets and oh. I will send it to you anywhere in the world. Let me tell you what I love almost more than anything is the fucking mail. <laughs> I love going to the post office. It's so true. Give me a challenge, why don't you? It'd be a great Christmas gift also. Well, no, it's all folded and dog-eared and has... Those are the best kind of books. I guess so. Yeah. All right. You guys better hurry. Because I'm going to give her a fake address. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Press the space bar. Yay! Yay! Oh, no. Nuh-uh. Where is it? No. It's there. It's hiding.